Closer Look. I'm your host, Brandon, and today I'm talking about the parable of the sower. During one of my readings, I came across the parable of the sower, and if you're unfamiliar, the parable of the sower is a parable that Jesus taught about how people hear the word of God. It is told in three books of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and as I was reflecting on it, I realized that at one point, I have been or even can even be like all the examples listed in the parable. Before I go any further, let me read the parable and its explanation. I'll be reading for the parable from the book of Mark, specifically Mark 4, 3 through 8, and the explanation, Mark 4, 14 through 20. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground, where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of the earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root in it, it withered away. And some seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground, and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And now the explanation of the parable. The sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside, where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately, and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones who sown on the sunny grounds, who when they hear the word immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so only endure for a time. Afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among the thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of the riches, and the desires of other things, entering, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. As you probably already may have guessed, the different types of soils are the way that we hear in our hearts are receptive of the word of God. And what I want to do now is just dive a little bit deeper into each of the different types of soil. When a person's heart is like the wayside, it's typically referring to a pathway. Pathways are typically hard surfaces. They've been paved, pressed down. People walk on it. Cars drive on it. Horses and animals drive through it. So the, the pathway is hard. And when the word of God tries to penetrate that, it either bounces off or, like the verse says, Satan comes through and he doesn't want people to receive God's word. So he immediately comes and steals it or removes the seed like a bird swooping down and removing that seed from the person's heart or the soil. Another way that I thought about this or can think about this is when you hear the word of God and your heart is like the wayside, you never take the time to meditate on God's word. You just hear it and let it immediately pass through one ear and out the other. As for me and the way my heart looked like the wayside was when I was growing up, I remember when someone other than my pastor or someone that I really trusted began to teach me about the word of God. I know my heart became hardened in a sense. I would tune out of what I would tune out what they were saying. I would think they were wrong or contradicted something that I thought or knew to be true. What I realized is that even though they may be speaking from a passage or a, met or a part of scripture that I already know or familiar with, they could potentially be telling me something that I may have missed or even a new way of looking at the passage. But I allowed this new insight of God's word to be stolen from me because I wouldn't listen to anyone other than those who I trusted. My heart was closed off or beaten down or locked up. Now, you may Kind of try to counter argument and say that it's important to test and validate what you're taught by comparing it with the Bible. To which I would say, yeah, you're, you're correct. But the simple matter of the fact is, I had already dismissed what the person was saying in my heart long before I had a chance to let what they were saying sink into my mind or even for me to verify it against what the Bible said. Ultimately, a hard heart must be plowed before it can receive the seed of God's word. Some verses that I would recommend looking at are Jeremiah 4 3 and Hosea 10 12 that support this. The second type of soil mentioned in the parable was the stony ground. 
Some people's hearts are like the stony ground that's rocky but covered with a thin layer of topsoil. They receive the word with a flash of enthusiasm that quickly burns out. The stony ground here isn't attacked directly by Satan, but by tribulation or persecution. There are many people who have immediately have favorable reactions to the word of God, but they give it up quickly when it becomes too difficult to follow Jesus. Yet again, sometimes we can think that because we follow Jesus, we're automatically supposed to bypass all trials and tribulation in this life, which isn't true. Jesus even tells us that we will experience trials and tribulations in this life, but take heart because he will be with us in all and he has overcome the world. Another thing that I wanted to point out was verse 17 actually says that they have no root in themselves. Some profession Christians have no root in themselves. The root is in their parents or in their Christian friends or maybe even in their pastor or their enthusiastic surroundings, those Christian surroundings that they're part of. And when they're removed from these surroundings and environments, their enthusiasm starts to decrease. Unless the temperature around them is kept up to that point, they wither away. The passion to follow Christ that was born from just mere excitement will die when the, when the excitement is over. And I say this now because there was a point in my life when my heart looked like the stony ground. Growing up, I was always going to church on Sunday with my family, but there came a point near the end of high school where we stopped going to church as much. And eventually we hadn't gone at all for a while. Now, don't get me wrong, I didn't fall away from my faith or even stop believing. I just stopped going to church as often. One day the Holy Spirit convicted me about this and I realized I had no root in myself. My root came from the factors around me, my environment, Christian school, parents, friends. And as soon as that changed, I started to wither away. I'm so grateful that God prevented me from withering away by bringing me to this realization and then by placing me in an environment where his word could take root in my life and not be a product of solely my environment. The third type of soil mentioned in the parable is the thorny ground. Some people's hearts are like the thorny ground. They receive the word, but allow the interest and the cares of this world to choke it out. You could say that, their, that the heart of their ground is too fertile. The word of God grows there, but so does everything else. And everything else soon begins to crowd out the word of God. It's the thorny ground where most people, including myself, find ourselves. It's where verses like Romans 12:2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. And 1 John 2, 5, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. It's where these verses come into play. Just like verse 19, we can become infatuated with things of earth. It could be wealth, power, fame, material things. The list goes on. This infatuation can cause us to place God on the back burner. It's important to mention that there's nothing wrong with wanting or even desiring to have nice things or to have any of the things that I'd listed before. In fact, God wants you to have them. God doesn't have a problem with you having things. He only has a problem when those things have you. Remember, Matthew 6:33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. God wants to bless you, but he's more concerned about your heart and what your heart motives are. The last type of soil mentioned in the parable is the good soil. Some people are like good ground, and they accept the word and bear fruit, thus fulfilling the purpose of the seed. The parable shows that when the word is received, as it should be, something happens. Fruit is produced. If nothing happens, then the word is not being received as it should. This is where we all should be progressing to when we hear God's word. Not only do we accept it, but we bear fruit. For example, I've heard James 2, 15 through 16. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does not do anything about their physical need, what good is it? I've heard this verse countless times, and I've come across people who were in need, but did nothing more as the verse said, but wished them well. One day the Holy Spirit really convicted me on this. And I decided that I needed to move away from the position of simply wishing the person well 
to the position of being able to meet their needs. What this looked like for me was creating a giving fund in my budget where I was able to set aside money regularly to be able to not only help those in need, but also to be able to be a blessing to others. So when you receive God's word, I want to encourage you to apply it to your life so that it may bear fruit. And lastly, in closing, I want to inform you of the responsibility that comes with understanding of the word of God and issue a challenge. Continuing Mark 4, 21 through 22. Also, he said to them, is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which has not been revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. Two things that I want to highlight out of that verse are, there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed. By its very nature, light is meant to be revealed. Truth is the same way, and God promises that it will be revealed. The second thing is, but that it should come to light. If you have the truth of God, you have a responsibility to spread that truth in whatever way God gives you an opportunity. It's the same as if someone had the cure for a life-threatening disease, they have the moral responsibility to spread that cure. God didn't light your lamp so that it remained hidden. Lastly, in light of the four soils in which you understand about them now, how do you hear God's word? Again, Mark 4, 9, and then 23 through 24. Do you find all the different types of soil in your heart? Or maybe your response to God's word varies based on the different areas of your life. Take some time this week to pray to God, asking him to reveal the areas of your life that are like the wayside, like the stony ground, like the thorny ground, and even the areas that are like the good soil. Ask him to help you to move all areas of your life to be good soil and bearing fruit. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord. Thank you for teaching us about the different areas of our lives, Lord, and the different way we can receive your word. I pray that you would help us, Lord, to move away from the three bad soils, Lord, and move to the good soil, Lord. Reveal to us the areas, Lord, that we need to improve on. Be with us and strengthen us, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in today's podcast. Please comment, rate, and subscribe. And if you want to reach out to me, feel free to email me at a closer look podcast at gmail.com.